BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, guys, and welcome back to What We Said podcast. Today is a solo episode. Chelsea is not here with me. It is just me, J.C. Marie Smith. Um, I feel like I should introduce myself and Chelsea and I should both introduce ourselves a little bit more in the intro of these episodes because a lot of times people are coming for the first time to our podcast and they don't even know a background on who we are. So um, I'm JC. I am the redhead half of the podcast. I am a social media influencer full-time. So I do YouTube, this podcast, Instagram content, And I started out as a photographer, so I love photography and filmmaking and all that good stuff. And that basically sums up what I do. I also live in LA um, and I'm trying to think of any cool hobbies I have, but can't really think of any. I like exercising. I've been more into a healthy lifestyle in the past few years, which is great. But yeah, I, I think you'll get to know me a lot better in this episode actually because I decided for this solo episode, I am going to do kind of a questionnaire, kind of frequently asked question situation. So my last solo episode was about building an online brand authentically. And that was actually one of our highest downloaded episodes. I think a lot of people are interested in the influencer space, but I think it's kind of something that's for some odd reason kind of taboo, like what goes on behind the scenes of influencer life, which I honestly don't love that word. But anyway, so that I think a lot of people are interested in how to grow their social media, which is great because it obviously is a business now and it's really cool that we can make money off of social media. But for this particular episode, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to just answer questions all over the board because when I asked you guys for suggestions for what I should do for this episode, there were so many different ideas and a lot of them did have to do with social media, but a lot of them honestly were like, how do I build a brand? And I'm like, well, I kind of already covered that in my last episode. And even though there is so much deeper we could go with that, I honestly haven't been at my peak mental health state as far as social media goes for the past little while. And what I mean by that is that It has been really hard for me to grow on Instagram lately, which is frustrating when you've been doing it for so long and when you, you know, you're always trying to elevate yourself and do better. And that can be something that's really just frustrating and hard to deal with. And I know that sounds, and it totally is a first world problem and it's not a huge issue, but I think, you know, when you're putting in work all the time and you're not getting results for a while, it can be just kind of a downer. So that's kind of the state I've been in recently is like, I feel like I go through phases where sometimes I'm at like the peak of my creativity, but I'm not really seeing the feedback that I used to see. And so I'm kind of like, wait, is this not resonating with people or what's going on? So for that reason, I'm like, I don't want to preach about how to grow on social media right now when I'm kind of in a weird phase. Hope that makes sense. But today I'm just going to answer a bunch of different questions like what LA life is like and things I wish I knew in high school and just a bunch of fun questions. And I think it'll be a really good episode. I have prepped for it and I've got some good stuff ready. So I'm going to actually start with the changes of life in LA and what it is like living in LA. A lot of people asked this actually. And here's the thing. So, well, first of all, let me say that I used to live in Orange County and we lived there for about a year and a half. And before that, we lived in Long Beach, California. 
And so we've never actually lived in LA. And we moved to LA at the beginning of this year, so about five months ago. And I truly have loved it. Like, I am shocked at how much I do love it, but it has really motivated me and kind of gotten Leif and I out of our comfort zone, I think, which I'm really grateful for. Where we lived in Orange County was very family-friendly, really safe, but I felt like it was almost, it, it made us feel too safe to the point where not literally, but mentally, where we were like not really pushing boundaries and getting out of our comfort zone. We were kind of just really content there. And I think that's good. But at this point of our lives, we're trying to, you know, push our business and like do new things. And I was finding myself having to drive to LA all the time, which is with traffic can be like two and a half hours. And it was just getting to be a lot. And so we decided to move to LA and it has been a really, really good decision for us. I kind of thought that LA wouldn't be my scene. And in some regards, it's not. But I think what I've realized recently is it's all about who you surround yourself with. And I'm lucky that I have some really good friends in LA. So I feel really grateful and I'm I really love being here and it kind of is what you make it, you know? Like I'm not into the partying nightlife vibe at all and that's perfectly fine. Like Leif and I stay in and order food and watch Netflix all the time. Like you don't have to be crazy and be partying all the time to live in LA. So, I'm loving it and I don't want to be like telling everyone that everything's always perfect cuz obviously it's not, but living in California really is a dream come true. And it's something that I always dreamed I would do someday, but didn't know if I would ever have the chance. Um, Leif and I both grew up, were born and raised in Arizona in the same city. And we just really felt like we needed a change. And I am so grateful that we went for it because California has brought us so much growth and so many opportunities, both personally and for our jobs. And I was thinking how weird it was the other day, not that followers are everything, but it's it's interesting because when we moved out to California, I had not even hit 100,000 Instagram followers, which is crazy. I was just stalking myself on Instagram the other day and I saw that I hit 100,000 after we had already moved here. And we initially moved out here just to do photography and videography full time. And it's just crazy to see how it's all kind of evolved. And I'm just I'm just really grateful that we do live here. And California, everyone, you know, thinks of the California dream. And it really is like dreamy weather for the most part. And it's a really good place to be. I I really do love it. Now I'm moving on to things I wish I knew in high school. So a few different people asked this actually. And Honestly, I had a really great high school experience, and I know not everyone does, but I I think the only thing that comes to mind is maybe I wish I would have known how little everything would matter in the long run and, you know, like friend drama or boys breaking up with you and stuff like that. I just – I feel like at that moment, it felt like the end of the world when a boy broke your heart or you and your friend got in a little – fight or disagreement. But at the end of the day, I don't even remember half of those things and they just do not matter and have had zero effect on my life now. So I think maybe just kind of, you know, having that hindsight is is good. But I mean, high school's fun. Just live it up. And honestly, I think that is another thing is I would have just tried to have even more fun, which it sounds weird because I I did have a great high school experience and I did have a lot of fun, but I've always been kind of a homebody and me and Chelsea actually talk about this on the podcast all the time that in high school when other people would be out at events or partying or whatever, we would be at our house singing and playing guitar or editing photos from the photo shoot we had done earlier that day or just eating basically. And I do not regret that obviously at all. Like those are genuinely some of my favorite memories, but Sometimes I think like I should have put myself out there more and, you know, had more fun and done more things. And there were certain dances that I didn't go to. Like I didn't go to whatever, homecoming one year, prom. I don't remember just because like I didn't know. I think I didn't go to the Morp one, the one where you ask a guy or something one of the years because I was like, I don't know who to ask. And I'm like, I should have just gone, you know, because it's like you only get to do that kind of stuff once and it's really fun. So I'd say just live it up, guys. High school is a fun time. Don't let it be too serious and don't let drama really affect you because I promise you it does not matter. 
So the next question we're kind of going to go into is social media related. It's kind of some people asked what it's like behind the scenes of getting the Instagram shot or YouTube vlogs. So I kind of wanted to talk about the process of this and just give my two cents. I'll st- I'm going to start with vlogs and YouTube. So this year is kind of the first time that Leif and I have ever really taken YouTube seriously. We started our channel, I believe, about two years ago, and we were really, really inconsistent with it. We would kind of just post whenever it was convenient for us, and we weren't super, I don't know, we've always thought it was fun, but it wasn't a priority, I guess. And so Instagram has always been my largest platform, and it still is, and so that's kind of where we've been putting most of our energy. But at the end of last year, we were making goals for the new year for 2019, and one of the things that Leif and I agreed on together is that we would focus more on YouTube and be more consistent with it. And we also decided to change the channel name to JC Marie. Previously, it was Leif and JC. It was our channel together, and it was kind of a vlog channel. But we decided to change it to JC Marie, just my channel, and then Leif would be my editor. And he makes an appearance in, honestly, most of the videos. And I would still consider it our channel because he does just as much work on it as I do, if not more, because editing takes so, so long. But we kind of did that so that it would be more of just for branding reasons. Like my Instagram is JC Marie, you know, I'm known as that. And so I kind of wanted my YouTube channel to reflect that as well. And I wanted to be able to talk about, you know, beauty and fitness and kind of my own stuff without it being like, wait, why is life not in these videos if it's your channel together, you know, when I'm doing a makeup tutorial or something like that. So that's something that we came up with together. First of all, I did not kick him off the channel. Like that was a business decision we made together. So basically Leif edits and he helps me creatively with some decisions as well. But I come up with the concepts for the vlogs or the videos for the most part and then I film them. If it's, you know, handheld and I'm vlogging. If not, Leif will film me if it's a sit down video or whatever. But it has really, this situation has really worked out for us better because we're both focusing on our strengths and it wasn't, it kind of wasn't going well before because Leif didn't want to vlog himself and I would kind of not like make him, but I'm like, you have to be on this vlog. Like it's our channel together. I don't want it to just always be me. And then we kind of came to the conclusion, wait, you don't really like to vlog yourself, but you love editing. So let's, you know, just make it a better situation. So that's worked out really well for us. And basically with everything on social media now, I plan a lot. And once I think once you get to a point where it is a full-time job for you. You can't really fly by the seat of your pants anymore. And you can't just hope that, you know, you're going to wake up with a good idea and the video is just all going to come together or the photos are just going to be perfect. Like you really have to brainstorm and plan out what kind of content you want to put out. And so we usually try and plan out a video concept, even if it is just a vlog. Any vlog you see has been kind of planned out, not in like a I don't know. It's not like we plan out what we're going to say or we have a script or anything, but we have a general idea, like a rough outline of what we're going to be doing that day. So usually each vlog has a main idea. For example, I just uploaded a lip filler vlog where I took you guys along with me to get lip injections and showed behind the scenes. So the main idea for that one was taking you guys obviously to the office with me behind the scenes while I got my filler. And In that video, I still showed, you know, going to get brunch with Tyson and hanging out at his apartment and stuff. Another example would be we did a cabin tour video. So we knew that the cabin tour would be the main concept of the video, but we also showed us going to Arizona for Leif's brother's graduation and stuff like that. So I hope that makes sense, but we have like a main main idea in mind because if not if we're just filming random stuff we're like wait what's the title of this video what's the point like there kind of has to be a point behind it if that makes sense so then after that Leif edits them for hours and hours sometimes it no joke takes him 10 hours to edit because with our videos specifically Leif adds a lot of you know sound effects or different different things into the video. I know a lot of people just cut their videos and then post them, which is awesome. But Leif just like puts so much time into them. So it really does take a long time. And then as far as Instagram photos behind the scenes of that, 
again, I plan. I plan them. I love getting inspiration off of Pinterest or in magazines. Or sometimes I'm just driving on the side of the road. I see a really cute location that I kind of envision with a certain outfit. And I'm like, oh, I need to make a note of that and then come back and shoot that. And that being said, with all the inspiration photos that I pull from Pinterest or from magazines or anything, usually my, well, pretty much all the time, my photo ends up very, very different than the inspiration picture. It's just kind of something like a vibe to go off of. And yeah, I have to plan those because honestly, I mean, occasionally it really is just a quick iPhone shot that I took like when I'm at breakfast or something like that. But I kind of have to plan that stuff because I have certain branded content like sponsorships that are going up on certain days and I have to plan around those for just like my day-to-day fun content that I'm putting out. So I hope this is all making sense, but basically I plan a lot and I didn't used to back when Instagram was just for fun. Like I would just post whatever I wanted whenever I wanted, but now it kind of has to have more of a structure because I have certain business deals with different brands and it's like, okay, that has to go up on Wednesday. So I can't post that other photo I was planning on. So I'll, I'll post that on Thursday and you have like a schedule and a content calendar. At least I do. So I also got some questions regarding how to stay consistent with posting content. And I think I kind of already answered that by saying that you do have to plan. I don't I don't know if everyone has to, but me personally, like it is a must or else I would never post because it would just be so unorganized. So I would say planning it out, having a content calendar, knowing which days you're posting what content and kind of having a vibe going and then also committing to it. Like if you don't commit and say like, okay, I have to have this day as a shoot day so that I can get four pictures that I can post throughout the week or whatever, I I just don't see it happening. And this is all just based off of personal experience. But yeah, I would say planning and just committing to it. All right, guys, time to talk about getting fit. So getting fit and staying healthy always sounds easier said than done, right? Well, OpenFit is bringing you something new that makes it even easier to never miss a sweat session. This is such an awesome streaming service because you cannot use the excuse, I'm too busy to make it to the gym anymore. So lose the commute to the gym and let the workouts come to you. You can choose from a variety of sweat-inducing at-home workouts from trainers like Hunter McIntyre, who was named by Sports Illustrated as one of the top 50 fittest athletes, or Andrea Rogers, founder of Extend Bar, which is my personal favorite. They have workouts that are as short as 10 minutes. So you can't even use the excuse that you don't have time because it is literally 10 minutes. And I know you guys are scrolling on your phone for at least 10 minutes a day. I know I am. So OpenFit has changed the way we work out. And with our code, we said you can join us on a fitness journey personalized just for you. Again, use our code we said and start using OpenFit for your journey to a healthier life. Right now, during the OpenFit 30-Day Challenge, our listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit when you text we said to 303030. You will get full access to OpenFit, all the workouts and the nutrition information totally free. Again, text we said to 303030. Standard message and data rates may apply. Okay, while we're on the topic of social media, I'm I'm going to keep going with this concept. Um so, I got a question, how do you think growing up in a world full of social media has impacted you both positively and negatively? And I think that it has impacted me in a ton of ways, both negatively and positively. I'm going to start with the negatives so that I can end with the happy stuff. But I think that social media in general has definitely caused me to compare myself to other people in their lives and doubt myself. It's made me second guess things. Like if I think something's cool, but then it doesn't get a lot of feedback, I'm like, oh, maybe it wasn't that cool. Or you know, I see something that I like getting made fun of on social media and then I change my mind because I'm like, oh, I guess that's not, you know, something that I should think is cool. I'm kind of starting to – I can't even think of an example of that specifically, but I think I'm starting to, uh, as I get older, not gravitate. It's the opposite. Not sure what word I'm looking for, but kind of go away from that mindset. Like I don't really care as much if what I like isn't cool because I'm more – I'm more confident in myself and I'm more secure. 
But I think growing up with social media can be really hard. And I know that comparing yourself is something that you do on your own. Like it's not Instagram's fault that I'm comparing myself. It's my own. But I think especially when you're young and you maybe are a little bit insecure, it really is hard to keep up with so many people's lives and see every single thing that they're doing and not let it affect you in any way. And it's kind of like the concept of keeping up with the Joneses, which is like an old phrase that people used, you know, keeping up with your neighbor. Like they have a big boat in their driveway and you're like, oh, now I need to get a boat because they have one. That concept, but it's elevated so much because you are trying to now keep up with thousands of people on social media or hundreds that you follow and see every single day, which is obviously completely impossible. So it really does, I think, kind of mess with your mental health sometimes and and it causes people to second guess themselves, which is kind of the worst part of social media, I think. And there are things you can obviously do to combat that. Basically, stay off Instagram, stay off social media or take breaks. For me, that's been really necessary. And something that I honestly just don't really do anymore is scroll. I mean, sometimes I do, but I really try to not just mindlessly scroll through Instagram because nine times out of 10, I don't feel that great when I'm done. And it's not even like I'm so distraught or insecure after I'm done. I'm just like, wait, I just wasted an hour. And I'm kind of bugged at myself that I I could have been you know, cleaning up my room or reading a good book or taking Lady on a walk or hanging out with Leif and then I'm just, it kind of makes me feel just like gross. I'm like, why did I just sit there for an hour doing that? And so something that I've been trying to do is just not get on and scroll that much. Um, I still post my own stuff and get on social media, obviously. It is my job, but that's a way that I've been trying to kind of combat that. But we're going to end on the positive side. So I think a way that social media has impacted me positively is number one, I've met some of my absolute best friends through Instagram, which I think is so crazy. But I mean, I've met genuine best friends through that app. And I think that's pretty insane and pretty cool. And it's really cool that we get to connect with people that we would have never met otherwise. I just think that's an amazing concept. So I'm very grateful for that aspect of it. And also, I think it has kind of made me believe that the sky is the limit because I did get started in this industry when I was fresh out of high school. And I'm grateful for the mindset it's given me that I can achieve what I want to achieve. And I don't know if I would have that if I hadn't gotten into this and like found some success. So for that, I am grateful because it makes me believe that whatever I put my mind to, I can do. And it just shows me that, you know, I, I could have never imagined in high school that I would have this job or this life. And I think it it's made me confident in my abilities, I think. And I don't know if that's necessarily naive to think or if it's just good, but I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the mindset it has given me. Okay, now we're going to talk about getting married young, and we actually have a whole episode on this with our husbands. Actually, I don't know if that one was with our husbands. Maybe that one was just me and Chelsea. It was one of our first episodes, actually. But we've done a lot of episodes on marriage, I feel like, and I'll quickly give a few thoughts on getting married young. Obviously, it's all I know. I'm only 24, which, by the way, you guys, yesterday my friend was like, how old are you again? And I was like, 23, wait, I think I'm 24. And then I was like, what? I don't know actually how old I am. I don't know if I'm 23 or 24. And I had to do the math. And I remembered it was like a flashback moment. I remembered when that would happen to my mom. I'd be like, mom, how old are you? And she'd be like, uh, 42. Ooh, I don't know. And I'd be like, how do you not know your age? Because when you're young, it's like every birthday is so exciting. But it's Anyway, I felt old because I'm like, I don't even know how old I am. But I figured out I'm 24. Don't know how I forgot that because it was only a few months ago that I had my birthday. But I think it's just because it's not a monumental birthday by any means. So uh, obviously, I'm not super old and wise. And I feel kind of inadequate to give, uh, you know, marriage advice. But 
I will tell you that I have no regrets. I think it's really cool that you get to grow up together and grow old together. I got married when I was 21, which really is so young. I really do think that it's cool that you get to see each other change and you kind of get to develop into adults together. And I will say, however, that I definitely do not think that I realized what marriage would be like. I I don't think I fully grasped what marriage was, which sounds bad, but I think if you have a better grasp on that when you're older and you've had more experience and you've been in a lot of relationships, but I personally think that if you are with the right person and you're both fully committed, then I think you can figure that out together. And for me, it's just, we talked about this on the episode. Uh, I think it's called Young Love, that one that I was referring to earlier. Like, I always heard the phrase, when you know, you know, and I never understood what that meant because I had never known. And then when I met Leif and we started dating, and we started getting more serious, then I understood that phrase. And I felt like, oh, now I know that this is my person. So I venture to say, if you don't know, then maybe it's not right. But I don't know if that's just my personal experience because I feel like there were other guys that I could have married. And like any guy I dated was like a great guy. And I mean, for the most part, and it's like probably could have made it work. But when I met Leif, it was just like, a connection that I couldn't explain and that I really felt was right. And that's like all I can, that's all I can say. It's so hard to explain, but, um, I just knew, I just knew that it was right. And so did he. And I think I just know that he's my person. And so marriage didn't scare me. I mean, I knew it was going to be a transition for sure. And there were certain aspects that I guess I was nervous about, but when it comes down to it, neither of us, I think could have ever imagined like the not intensity but I'm having like a very hard time coming up with vocabulary words today but I don't think we understood how serious I guess marriage was until we were actually married and you know you go through really hard times together but you have each other and if it's the right person it's the right person so there's there's my thoughts on that since we're talking about relationships I'm gonna go into this this question says what does a healthy relationship or healthy love look like romantic and friendship? So to me, I think that the most unhealthy traits in a person or like red flags that I can think of are dishonesty and being controlling. And I have actually been in a relationship where the person I was with was extremely controlling and got very jealous all the time over things that were truly just not worth getting upset over. And I know that everyone's feelings are valid in certain, you know, instances, but like this was just over the top. And basically trying to control every aspect of my life, like who I was friends with, everything. And that is definitely the most miserable I have ever been. And I think in a friendship, it's the same thing where if you have a friend who's controlling and really clingy, Personally, I cannot deal with that. And I just don't think it's a healthy, I just don't think it's a healthy way to live. And you need people in your life who are going to let you spread your wings and do your thing. You're going to make mistakes and they're going to be there to support you. You don't want someone who's so overly controlling. It's just not a good thing. And as far as honesty goes, that's definitely one of the number one traits that I look for in a friendship and that I looked for in a partner. Chelsea and I were just talking about this actually, and I said, I it kind of sounds unrelated, but it really does relate. Um, Chelsea was saying that she can pretty much be friends with anyone or at least get along with them if they're just true to themselves and if they're not trying to put on a show, if they're just honest. And I was saying that's actually really true. Like, and this is not related, but on The Bachelorette, initially I didn't love Hannah B. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, she's, I don't know that I would like want to be friends with her personally. That sounds so mean, but I just, she didn't seem like my type of person. But as I watch, I'm like, you know what? She is kind of quirky and she's probably a little different than who I'm friends with, but she really is, she does seem to just be herself. And I respect that. So that's, anyway, that's what we were talking about the other day. And I, I really do think that honesty is so refreshing. And I love that I have Leif who is very honest with me even sometimes when I don't want to hear it and Chelsea's the same way. You 
really need people like that in your life because if you're friends with or you're in a relationship with someone who lies to you to protect your feelings, it really does you no favors. It's actually a disservice. So those are my two thoughts. Dishonesty, being controlling, red flags, run away. You need people who are there to support you and are there to lend a helping hand but are not going to try and control you or lie to you to not hurt your feelings. All right, I am taking a quick little break here to talk to you guys about Care of Protein Powder. I first want to talk to you about how good Care of's branding is. I love good branding. It just makes me so happy. And if you just go on their site, it's so aesthetically pleasing and beautiful and the packaging and branding and everything is just so good. So I swear it makes me love the product even more. But Care of offers a more personalized approach to protein powder. So basically they have a little online quiz that you go on and take and it helps you learn if you're getting enough protein, fiber, good fats, etc. And it gives you a personalized recommendation of protein powder to suit your particular diet preferences, your fitness goals, all that good stuff. So they even personalize it down to having your name on the tub of protein powder, which I just think is the cutest detail. And another thing that they offer is individual little packets that you can easily just stash in your purse or your gym bag or wherever if you want your protein powder on the go. So the best part to me is that their protein and superfood powders are made of ingredients that you recognize. So their vegan plant protein powder is made of organic peas, hemp seeds, pumpkin seeds, and then their whey is from free-range grass-fed cows, and their protein powders are also low in sugar. So protein is a very, very important part of a healthy diet, and it's actually what our organs, our muscles, hair, and skin are made of. And it can really impact weight management too by making meals more filling or kind of serving as a healthy snack substitute. So I do this all the time. I have a major sweet tooth, which you guys probably know that by now. And a lot of times I'll have just a protein powder, like a protein shake with chocolate powder or vanilla or whatever I'm feeling. Add some almond butter in there as kind of a healthy snack dessert situation. So both mine and Chelsea's favorite that Care of offers is their chocolate plant protein. It's really good, creamy. And I also think Chelsea used the vanilla protein powder in one of her latest YouTube videos. She made a smoothie bowl and it looked delicious and she said it was super good. So we are big fans of Care Of over here. If you want a cute little tub of personalized protein powder, we have a discount code for you like always. So for 25% off of your first Care Of order, go to takecareof.com and enter the code we said. Again, if you want 25% off your first care of order, go to take care of and enter the code we said. You guys will love it and this will be linked in the show notes. Okay, now we're moving on to investing in the cabins. This is something I got actually quite a few questions about. So, I've mentioned this before, but if you did not know, Leif and I own Two, we co-own two cabins in Northern Arizona. And this is so funny because I did a YouTube video, like I said, of a cabin tour where we took people through our uh, renovated cabin and someone commented and was like, why does JC say that her and Leif own this cabin when it's literally family owned and her mom did all the work? Which I actually thought was funny because number one, like does this person know me personally and my family and was there for the whole process and knows all about the investment (laughs) and all the money and who did all the work. Like it's so funny to me when people on social media make comments like this because they have no idea what goes on behind the scenes at all. Anywho, my mom did do all the design work and Leif and I simply invested in the cabins. So We are owners of it, but we do co-own it with a family member. So anyway, I hope that clears up any confusion. But we weren't really super involved in the design process or the renovation process because we actually hadn't come in and invested in the property at that point. Um, But now we have, so we're more of a part of everything. And the we have a second cabin that has not been renovated yet. And now that we are partners and we've invested in both these cabins, we will be much more heavily involved in the renovation of the second one. So I'm really excited to like take everyone through that process because it's going to be really fun. But basically, some of my family 
bought these two cabins to rent out and have as Airbnb properties. And Leif and I were like super supportive and we were going to help with the social media aspect of it. And then we decided to invest in them because it was a we thought it was a smart financial decision to kind of put our money in some different places. And so we decided to go in and now we're more involved. So hopefully that makes sense. It's really not that deep, but I think people are for some reason like really confused because my mom runs all the Airbnb side of things. Like she's the one who answers all the Airbnb inquiries and stuff. And I help with the social media, but my mom did all the design work. So people are like, wait, what do you mean you own it? And I'm just like, and I don't want to get into all this, but that's basically the the gist of it. So some people ask about fashion and shopping on a budget. And I thought this would be fun to talk about because I was just telling Tyson the other day that I feel like when I'm on Pinterest scrolling, like I said, I love to find inspiration on Pinterest and I'll find different outfits that I love and like pin them into a board. And I'm looking at the board thinking like, wow, these are really cute. Like I have great taste. I have great style. And then when I'm actually shopping, either whether it's online or at the store, I end up with a bunch of very predictable items. Like it's like a pink t-shirt and high-waisted Levi's and white sneakers. And I'm like, okay, I need to switch it up. (laughs) So I'm really trying to work on this because I feel like a lot of times I'm not very inspired by my outfits at all. Like I'll get dressed and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. It's like what I wear every other day. So I'm kind of trying to take more risks with fashion because fashion is really fun and it's a fun way to express yourself. And so I've been kind of trying out like wearing colors that I wouldn't normally wear. I've bought a few neon things and Initially, I was like, oh, that's going to look terrible with my skin tone. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. So I've been wearing some neon stuff. I've been mixing patterns a little more, wearing just things that I maybe wouldn't normally wear. I've been trying to get out of my comfort zone because I really do think it's fun. And as far as shopping on a budget, someone asked how how to do this. I feel like – here's the thing. I think quality over quantity. I think it's really important to have a few staple pieces that you love. And by staple pieces, I mean, you know, a pair of jeans that you're obsessed with that fit you so well, some really good neutral tops that you can kind of interchange with the jeans that you love. And a few good pairs of shoes is always great. And then you can kind of just buy some more trendy and cheap pieces. Because here's the thing, when you buy a nice pair of jeans they're going to last you a long time. I have jeans that I've had for three years and it's like I have gotten way, it's way worth the money. I have gotten my use out of them and I have the same with shoes, like a few pairs of boots and sneakers that I've literally had for years and years. And I'm like, well, that was very worth the money and I'm glad that I paid good money for that versus 20 bucks here and there and just keep, you know, giving all that stuff away and getting new stuff. So, but I understand that obviously not everyone has a huge budget. And I think another really good way to save money is thrifting. And I do this all the time. You do have to hunt. I mean, but that's kind of part of the fun of it is you don't know if you're going to find anything good. You're just going in there hoping and you can kind of find some unique pieces. And that goes for home decor as well as fashion. Like I have found some awesome stuff for my house at Goodwill or just thrift stores. So I would definitely try that out. Okay. How to feel energized in daily life and easy ways to wake up in the morning. Someone asks, uh, let me tell you, when you find out an easy way to wake up in the morning, let me know. I definitely don't know. Still not a morning person, still working on it. But I think a good way to feel energized in daily life is to go to bed early and get up earlier. And that sounds simple, but every single time I do this, I'm like, wow, my life is a lot better than when I go to bed at 1 a.m. and wake up at 9. Like that's just not, I just don't love that. So I think starting off the day, waking up a little bit earlier, and I love starting off my day with a workout, but you have to eat a really good meal afterwards. Otherwise, it doesn't really give me energy. It kind of depletes me. And I guess it's pretty obvious because you're like burning a bunch of calories. And then if you don't replenish yourself, it's you're going to be kind of have low energy. So I love working out in the morning. It just like gets my body moving and gets me awake. And then I love having just a really good meal. And then because honestly, if you don't do that and just throughout the day, make sure you're eating good, healthy food because 
when I forget to eat, which happens often, shocking, I know. It's I don't know how I forget because it's just because I work from home, I think, and I'm like always going a mile a minute and then hours and hours go by and I realize I haven't eaten anything. So number one, I'll be hangry, which is the worst emotion to feel ever, I think. And number two, I'm just low on energy. So when I find when I'm eating like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, maybe a snack here and there, I have a lot higher energy. And another thing I would say is getting outside and doing something. Because I do work from home, sometimes I will actually be inside all day. And I think my worst days are the ones where I am indoors all day just on my computer. I have to like go outside, go on a walk, just go and sit in my backyard um, or something. But honestly, my my best days where I feel the highest energy and the most productive are when I'm out doing stuff like going to the store and grabbing something and going out to lunch with a friend and then doing some work and shooting like those are the days that I honestly feel the best. So I think if you're feeling low energy, try getting out there, doing more stuff, and all the other stuff that I have mentioned. So someone asks, what do I do to stay healthy? And so, again, all the stuff I just said, but I also definitely do eat clean and I watch what I eat, but I'm not super intense about it. If I want ice cream, I'll probably have ice cream for the most part. And this is actually something that Chelsea and I have wanted to talk about on an episode is diet culture because a lot of people, they have that mindset where it's like, if you want that cookie, you eat that cookie, girl. And I'm like, okay, I agree to an extent, but also it is important to be healthy and like treat your body nice and feed it good, healthy, substantial food. And does that mean you can't ever have dessert? Absolutely not. I have dessert all the time. But I think there is a balance. So if you guys would be interested in a diet culture episode where we kind of discuss that, you should let us know. Um, but yeah, to stay healthy, I I just try and like treat my body well, honestly. And I think if you start to have the mindset of like, I'm doing this so that I can have a healthy body and so that I can have energy versus like, I'm I'm doing this to lose weight. I want to look so good. I think if you have that mindset shift, it's really good. I've gotten to that point and I'm really happy about it because honestly, I've been working out and eating pretty clean for a while and I haven't seen like crazy results. It's not like I have a six pack or anything, but I feel so good and I don't really care that much. I mean, I would love to build more muscle and I always want to be better, but I'm not like, I need a six pack. I need a nice body. I just want to like feel good. And so I think if that can be your goal, that's a really good way to just be healthier all around. I also try and be active at least three times a week. I'll go to cycling classes, lift weights or whatever. And that's something that has been a huge game changer for me. And I've talked about it a little bit, but it's really hard to get into, but once you get into it and it becomes a part of your day, which I promise it will after a while, it really is addicting in the best way where if you don't go overboard with it, where it's just, it feels so good to get your body moving. You feel so much more capable and it also like bleeds into other areas of your life, which is crazy, but you have more motivation to do things because you're like, okay, if I can push myself that hard when I'm working out, I can push myself that hard in my business or whatever you want to do. So I think it's just a really, really good thing to start implementing in your life. Exercise. Okay, so someone asked, who inspires me and how do I keep inspiration? So, so many people inspire me. I wanted to talk a little bit about social media again. I feel like I'm saying the word social weird. Social media. I'm inspired by a lot of people that I follow on Instagram and on YouTube. And I think that should be the case. I think everyone you follow should be adding value to your life in some way or another. But I think it's so cool that everyone out there is building their own brands and their own businesses and they're just doing their own thing for the most part. At least the people that I'm talking about that inspire me. I think it's so cool that like we've had average fashion blogger Courtney on the podcast and it's so cool to me that she's just being herself and, you know, making funny comedy videos And she's finding a lot of success in that. And it's cool because she's really just being true to herself. And I love that Chelsea is passionate about health and veganism. And she's able to, you know, be successful with that and build her own little business. And then I'm passionate about photography. And like we all have our own things. And I think it's just really cool to see everyone out there 
like hustling and just doing their own thing and like focusing on what makes them unique. I mean, on the flip side, if I'm being honest, Instagram lately has been kind of just boring me lately because I do feel like I've just seen it all. But that's why I'm saying you have to kind of be more mindful about who you're following because the people who I've like muted so many people on my Instagram just because I'm like, I've seen this type of photo so many times and it's not me being, it's not me throwing shade at them. I just don't care to see it because I want to follow people who are, who inspire me and who are innovative and who are, you know, being themselves and like doing their own thing and being outside of the box, being outside of the box. What am I trying to say, you guys? I just am having a hard time speaking today. But you get what I mean. And so I've just, I've kind of had to like minimize my, the content that I'm consuming because I'm just, it doesn't inspire me at all. And I I feel like at this point, we've talked about this before as well. Like on Instagram, you can see a photo of just anything. It's not really that impressive unless people are being creative and putting their own spin on it. And so that's what I've been focusing on lately. And that's what inspires me and other people is them just doing their own thing. It makes me want to do my own thing more. And I think that's cool. Like I love when someone can inspire you. And my friend Zoe actually kind of said something like this on her Instagram story lately that I loved where someone someone had said that about her. And she was like, I love when people can inspire you to be be you, be a better version of yourself. And I thought that's so true. Like it's really cool when you see someone on Instagram and you're not like, oh, I want to be like them, but you're like, wow, they're so true to themselves and just so obviously authentic that it makes me want to be more myself. I think that's a really cool thing. So I'm just trying to kind of get back to my creative roots right now, do my own thing, like what I think is cool and kind of not, I mean, yeah, you take feedback into consideration, but if, you know, at the end of the day, if a photo that I think is really cool and that I put a lot of time into doesn't get that many likes, like I'm not going to beat myself up about it because I think it's cool and I think it's innovative and like I'm going to do me. So I hope that we can all kind of do that more because honestly, the photos in the flower fields and, you know, the pictures in Bali, like they're great, but let's just be ourselves and like do our own thing. That's what makes Instagram a beautiful place, I think. So I am going to end with the question, what is it actually like being JC Marie? So I think that it is not as glamorous as you would think. A lot of days are just spent at home with Leif and Lady, hanging out in a t-shirt and jeans, sometimes in my sweats. My social media definitely, I think, is a representation, a good representation of everything that I love and who I am. And I do all those things. I do travel. I do go to cute cafes in LA and I love to dress up and take photos. But since it has turned into a business for me, that really is work. And I, I think of it that way. Like I think of my Instagram as a business. And I think for me personally, I kind of had to make that separation. I'll always be true to myself and who you see on Instagram. It really is me. Like I'm not putting on a show at all. But that being said, that's Instagram. And I also have my real life and I have to separate the two. Otherwise, I really just would be cra- go crazy. And I definitely think that it is possible to have that balance if you really, really work at it. I think in my in my life, there's more anxiety than people would probably think. I do like to be a positive person, but I definitely have my days just like anyone else. I struggle like any other girl in their 20s. Um, I doubt myself. I get anxious sometimes about certain things, you know, like going to an event where I don't know a lot of people. Like that makes me kind of anxious and nervous. And I'm pretty emotional. I cry whether it's good or bad. Like I see a cute video, cry. Something kind of minor happens. I cry. Like I'd, I'd consider myself pretty emotional. But really overall, I do think that I approach portray myself accurately on social media. Like I've had multiple people actually that follow me and then meet me in real life, tell me that I'm exactly the same as they thought I would be. They say like, you're the exact same person as you are on YouTube or on Instagram. And really that is such a good compliment to me. And it makes me really happy because 
I do always want to be myself. And even though it is work, like it is still personal to me because I always hope that I'm like making a difference in someone's life. Otherwise, truly, I would not be doing it because I would be so unfulfilled. But I'm just so grateful for this podcast too, because I think it's really given me the opportunity to show you guys who I am. And you see more of the behind the scenes. You see mine and Chelsea's humor. And I love that you guys see mine and Chelsea's friendship because it's funny, like our friendship is such a huge part of my life and has been since I was in high school. But it's interesting how even when we started the podcast, people are like, wait, who's Chelsea? Like they didn't even know she was a part of my life because anytime we would hang out or go to lunch or I would go visit her, we wouldn't really post that much on social media because I don't know, that was just like I said, it's a separation of like my real life. And she isn't one of my quote unquote social media friends that I met through Instagram. Like she's just a dear friend from high school. And so it's like this interesting thing, but I'm grateful that you guys get to now see our relationship because it truly has always been the same. And I think we portray our, I mean, we don't even have to portray it. It's our friendship is what it is. And you guys, you guys get to see our dynamic. And that's something I think is really cool because if we didn't have the podcast, I don't know that anyone would have ever seen that, um, to that capacity. So Anyway, grateful for the podcast, grateful for social media, even though sometimes it drives me nuts. I hope that this was a fun episode. I just wanted to kind of answer questions all over the board so that you guys could get a better feel for, you know, what's going on right now, my thoughts. And I hope that something of this was of value to you, that you could take something away because that's always my hope with any of our episodes and especially my solo episodes. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is jcmariesmith, at J-A-C-I Marie Smith. And then my YouTube channel is just jcmarie. Chelsea also has a YouTube channel that you guys should check out. She's been way more active on it, posting on it like once a week, and her videos are so good. I'm so proud of her, and we're going to make some together really soon when she comes to visit me, so I'm excited about that. But also, if you guys want to follow our What We Said podcast Instagram, it's at What We Said Podcast. We post lots of fun stuff on there. We do polls, questions. We get you guys involved in the podcast, and it's just a really fun place, a really great community. So check it out if you want to be a part of the fam. And last but not least, if you guys would like to give us a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app, we would love you forever. We are so close to 2,000 ratings, and if you guys could get us there, that'd be awesome. So thank you guys for listening. So grateful for you, and that's what I said. See you later. Bye.